everybody. It's Dave here, Darren over there. Well, thank you for joining us this afternoon as we talk the last draft prep show prior to the NFL draft, which will be live on Thursday. And your Minnesota Vikings get to select the next super stud that will lead the Vikings into the future. Let's hope they make the right choice. But first, the three themes we're going over today. We're looking deep dive, Darren's idea, at which players can be have breakout seasons. And we're going to start this with off with Irv Smith. Yes, we've been saying that for the last two years, but maybe this year's the year. Secondly, we're looking at the mad money that's going to wide receivers across the league. Uh, we have Debo Samuel out in San Francisco trying to work his way out so he can earn some of that mad money. What does that mean when it comes to Justin Jefferson? Are we going to extend him early? What's that going to cost? Or are we going to lose him? And finally, we look at the draft. Is the 12th pick purgatory? We'll explain what I mean by that as we get into the show. But until then, enjoy the long roll-in so people have time to gather. And I promise, <laughs> after draft season, I will shorten it up. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Cheers, everybody. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, where myself, Dave Stefano, and over there, Darren Campbell, are your Two Old Bloggers. We've been doing it for two decades. I looked it up. Doesn't that seem like a long time, Darren? <laughs> it does, yeah. that's. Uh, I didn't realize I'd been uh, at this racket for as long as I have, so yep. how are you? But anyway... Yeah, we've been commenting on this team for two decades. and uh, Publicly, sort of, anyway. Yes, and it sort of colors us a little bit in our views. We've, uh, as I'll explain later, get a little bit of uh, expect the worst, hope for the best. And uh, if you get the best, hey, that's a happy surprise. It is. Um, but we'll get into that. And speaking of hoping for the best, we'll get into our first topic of the day. Breakout players. You wanted to do this. You wanted to go through a handful of players starting this week that we can expect to break out and, ex and accelerate their game to a higher level this season. Yeah, there's a few players I've got uh, earmarked for uh, this this segment and uh, run it through the off season. The and the Ted was said Morse code for Ted. I think he, I was uh, I know I had the old Atari computer when I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, a hard I, and a hard drive. Well, I can blame <laughs> Ted. He's the, he's the reason I started, so it's all his fault. Anyways, the first but, but player. breakout players. Yes. Who's your first one? Break 
My first one is uh, going to be uh, tight end Irv Smith, wearing old 9084, Randy Moss's old number. But, yeah, I thought it'd be uh, a good person to start off with. Um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I think I was pretty stoked, and I, other Vikings fans that I knew of were pretty stoked when, when Irv Smith was, was drafted by the Vikings in the second round in 2019. But his first two seasons, his production was kind of pretty muted and then last year no production because he injured his knee in the preseason and and was done for the year he had surgery on it so uh but i think that that Irv smith is a guy that has to be watched out for we talked to him and talked about him in our tight end uh segment several several weeks ago and uh the there is there is rightly in amongst viking fans i think some concern about uh is Irv Smith going to give us what we need from the tight end position, especially because Tyler Tyler Conklin has signed with the Jets? He's no longer here as a safety uh, as a as a you know a, as a safety valve for the Vikings and had a very good year last year. Irv Smith is uh, much Oops. of an unknown guy, um, but I think that like uh, Smith is a guy that it was tough for him to to put up stats in an offense that he was in previously who where Dalvin cook was the focal point and they liked to, to run the ball a lot. Uh, and he was splitting time with Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. And so the, I've actually thought his 2020 season was he had encouraging uh, numbers. He only caught 30 passes, but he missed three games. And again, he was splitting time with, with Rudolph in a run first offense. And, Despite the 30 catches, which was six fewer than his rookie year, his his yards per catch went up by four four yards compared to his rookie year, and he had, had five touchdown passes caught compared that to two in his rookie year. On 36 yeah. receptions, and, I think it is, it was five touchdown passes. Besides and he the yeah, only got yeah, and he only got targeted in 2020 43 times. To compare, last year Justin Jefferson was targeted, I believe. 107, 160 some, uh, 67 times, uh, you know, well over 160. Uh, so for Smith to get the, the yardage and the pass catches he did on only 43 targets, I felt that those numbers were encouraging. And I think that uh, he obviously is not going to be in a timeshare this year. He's going to be the number one tight end and, a, and an offense that's being uh, on, a, on a team that's got a head coach with an offensive background. And I think that uh, right now he's a bit being lost in the, in, the, in the shuffle as when we talk about how the Vikings are going to get from a, a 15, 16th ranked offense to a top five unit. I think that Irv Smith can be a big contributor if he takes his game up a, a few levels, uh, can be a big contributor to helping get our offense to in that top five spot. Uh, again, opportunity is a big thing. If you look at uh, the Rams under Kevin O'Connell, you look at uh, their tight end, Tyler Higby, their main number one guy in two of the last three seasons, and he's up there now. Higby had 69 catches in 2019. O'Connell wasn't there then, but the, the, but and then last year he had 61 catches and he was getting roughly uh, targets in the high 80s you look at Higby's production that is the kind of production I think that you can expect and are going to get from Irv Smith this year in the Kevin O'Connell offense and just look at what 
and I like Tyler Conklin. I love the guy. He was a great, solid player for the Vikings and sad to see him go. But he had 61 catches last year, but his yards per catch were only 9.7. Uh, Smith, Irv Smith is, an, is a more explosive athlete than Tyler Conklin. I think he can do more in an offense where he's featured more and getting, if he gets the same amount of targets that Tyler Conklin did last year, which was 87. Again, I think his numbers are going to be a little bit better than Conklin's. Right. Maybe and, a lot and we better. can extrapolate those not only for Yak, but also for touchdowns. And that adds a lot of touchdowns to that, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, stat line where can he throw over 40 touchdowns? Can he throw 50 touchdowns? If he throws, you know, 50 touchdowns, we're a top five offense. Easy. And Irv Smith is a guy that uh, his last year, he really only had two years at Alabama. And his first year, he, he wasn't the main usage tight end. And the second year, uh, his last year at Alabama, he had, I think, 51 catches, 700 yards, seven or eight touchdown uh, passes. That's what got him drafted in the second round. And again, he's a guy that you can definitely use in a whole in a lot of different ways. I think Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips are going to figure out how to use him in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, main, as long as he's healthy. And if you look at the Vikings offense, defenses are going to be focused on, of course, uh, Justin Jefferson. They're going to be focused on Adam Thielen. They're going to be focused on Dalvin Cook. They're going to be focused even going to have to focus a bit on K.J. Osborne. Uh, they, can they stop those guys and a healthy Irv Smith? I don't think so. Uh, and so I really feel that Irv Smith is could be like the really the not the secret weapon, but he could be definitely a guy who, again, is, um, has a, is a big contributor to this offense stepping things up a bunch of notches and if if uh, folks remember the 98 team uh, the vikings team that great team and uh you know that the, the three deep thing with moss carter and jake reed what people might forget is that the the vikings third leading receiver that year was actually andrew glover the, the tight end uh Andrew, that year, he had more uh, more catches than Jake Reed, more yardage than Jake Reed, and more touchdown uh, passes than, than Jake Reed. So he, he was a, a, a weapon, not used a, a terrible amount. He only had 36 catches that year. But uh, I'm just saying, Irv Smith, if used in a, in wisely, offense, they're if productive. used wisely, mm-hmm. and even in, and offenses pass way more now even than they did in 1998. So You've got – Irv Smith is a guy who is – if he can be the factor that I think he can be in 2022, this offense, offense could be really cooking with gas, and that's not even taking into account what we're going to talk about later on in the show. <laughs> you ain't kidding. It could be – It's that's where I talk about my pessimism over the decades of watching the Minnesota Vikings and the inevitable fails – The one thing that does get me excited and get me optimistic about this season is the fact that if you look on that offensive side of the ball, there are so many options that Kirk Cousins can throw to beyond the two-yard check down to C.J. Ham that uh, if (laughs) Kevin O'Connell can unlock his brain, right, 
We can use Kevin O'Connell's brain and Kirk Cousins' arm. This could be deadly to any team we face. And we could be we could looking be looking at production we have haven't seen since Denny Green. And uh, tell you the truth, as long that's as Kirk what I'm isn't lined up under the right guard. Like <laughs> I said, Kevin O'Connell's brain, Kirk Cousins' arm, we're golden. I agree, and and uh, Irv Smith could be one of the golden childs of, mm-hmm. of that offense. Uh, again, you know, not expecting him. I don't think he's going to get 80, 90 catches. He's not going to be a Travis Kelsey direction, but he doesn't have to be. Uh, he, he's a guy that if he's getting uh, 55, 60 catches, uh, 700 yards or so, nine or ten touchdown passes, again, you can't stop all of these guys, too many weapons, and Irv Smith, a healthier Smith, is a weapon for the Vikings. I agree. Looking forward to what he can do in this offense. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> GMAC, insert hand here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Glover. Elway lined up under guard and went to the Hall of Fame. Yes. but it, And it took him to later in his career. You got that right, Ted Glover. That gives us hope for us old guys, doesn't it? Moving on to our next theme, now that we've picked as the first player, Irv Smith, for a breakout season, we'll have more coming up as the weeks go on. Our next theme is Justin Jefferson and the absolute mad money that's gone around for wide receivers lately. Yes, the... Uh, it has been a very good uh, couple, uh, couple of weeks if you're uh, an elite wide receiver and or a very good wide receiver and you're uh, up for a new contract. Uh, we saw Devontae Adams um, get a new deal that averages out about $28 million a year. Also got traded to a new team because of that uh, contract. Then shortly after that, Tyreek Hill gets traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. His contract gets an extension his contract is uh, averages about 30 million per year right now and then we got word that uh, aj brown terry mclaughlin and and uh, debo samuel all very talented wide receivers heading into their fourth year in the league under they're still under their rookie contracts that they were all looking for extensions themselves and that uh, we also heard that Samuel and Brown were not going to be taking part in off-season workouts until they got a deal. And then we also heard that Debo Samuel says, now I want it out of San Francisco. Uh, which brings us to Justin Jefferson, uh, because uh, he is, even though he is going into his third year this year with the Vikings, uh, getting under a rookie contract, getting paid $1.8 million in 2022. That is a colossal bargain for what Justin Jefferson has done his first two years in the league, which is 196 catches, over 3,000 yards, receiving yards, and 17 touchdown passes caught. And if I people are, remember correctly, somebody said uh, he led the league in total yards for the last uh, two years. Yeah, I remember I've seen a stat two and something along the lines that he had the best two-year run mm-hmm. of the first two years. Out of, of any of, 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 wide receiver. Yeah. And maybe some people are going to get on me for being alarmist, but uh, 
Well, that's where the decades of following your writing on this team and then following this team for even longer comes into play. It's short. Yeah, I guess it does. But uh, looking at it, at if I'm looking at, we haven't even started 2022, but I'm already thinking about 2023 when it comes to Justin Jefferson. And, and what I'm worried about is that uh, I think what you're seeing with Samuel and, and, and AJ Brown in 2023, if Justin Jefferson has the kind of year this year that we expect he has, and if he's healthy, uh, we're going to be, the Vikings are going to be faced with the same situation that, the 49ers are dealing with right now and that the Washington and the, the Titans are dealing right now. They're going to have a very talented, elite, young wide receiver going into the fourth year on a massively cheap rookie deal. And he is going to just Justin Jefferson, I think is going to say, I ain't taking part in any activities until you pay me or show trade me. me the money. And he's going to be looking for 29, probably 29, 30 million per year. Uh, and Again, that's a lot of scratch. Uh, even with the salary cap goes up, uh, he it's that kind of money or more or more would he would be taking up a significant percentage of the Vikings' salary cap. That's quarterback. And you've money. got a yeah, that's quarterback money, and you've got you've got a new regime, new uh, GM, and maybe as good as Justin Jefferson is. We don't know what their threshold is for like how much is too much to pay any player, no matter how good he is, because it 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 handcuffs you from doing the overall having a good overall team. Well, so we could this, say this, we this do worries. in a way. It's thirty five million per. Mm. But it's per it's this this yeah this does uh, this does worry me. I. Uh, and something to watch out for. Dalvin Cook, after his third year, he made it known he was not going to take part in workouts. He was going to hold out unless he got an extension. He did get an extension. So when people are talking about Justin Jefferson, we only have to worry about an extension after year four. I think they're wrong. I think that that's going to come to a head after, after in the next offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at all the money being doled out. Uh, but now, Jefferson, my view – go when ahead. When you talk holdout, to clarify for the viewers, because the new CBA, they can hold out from all the voluntary workouts they want. That's voluntary, right? They can do that. They cannot hold out from mandatory fu- camps or functions unless they're willing to accept the outrageous – $50,000 a day or whatever it is, fines that are dictated by the NFL and the CBA that they get um, they get charged if they just don't show up. Now, and they must be charged that now. That changed. It used to be, well, we'll forgive that. Now, mm-hmm. it's got to be charged. So what they're doing now is they're having hold-ins where they'll come show up to the to Egan in this case and sit in the locker room the whole time and say, I'm not partaking. Um, expect that next season if they don't take care of it. But do you think that Quasi and Kevin O'Connell have looked at this and anticipate that this is going to be the case 
That's why they only assigned Kirk Cousins to a one-year extension, which is 2024. Um, 20, no, 2023. And uh, so that they can figure out that we'll have a new quarterback on a rookie scale. We can now pay Justin Jefferson. You know, they can, go, they can do the, the extension next year, but it goes on after year four, right? Or year five. Yeah. And then they go, all right, by the time that money hits, we've got a rookie quarterback making less money, and then thus we're not eating so much of the cap. Does that make sense? Do you think they it does. thought of that with their well, yeah. mind in their head, as Drew would say, <laughs> back in their yeah. mind with their eyes, you know, all that sort of stuff? Well, that, yeah, Quasi Dofamensa is too smart and Kevin O'Connell are too smart to, to be uh, not looking down the road one or two or three years, right? So, I love you, Drew. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, they, uh, they are looking at that, but it's still, uh, we have, uh, despite looking at that, crap happens, right? And I don't Ooh. think that the, the Packers had any, any intention of trading Devontae Adams, but stuff happened, right? And yeah, you don't but know they may have the thought they were on to their, uh, you know, drafted quarterback by now. But, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers got no way. Same thing with the in in KC. I don't think that the Chiefs in in their right you know had really really wanted to trade Ty- Tyreek Hill. Uh, they ended up getting a pretty sweet deal for him, but but uh, you know again they they obviously made a decision that uh, Mahomes is the guy they're going to pay the big bucks to, and Mahomes can make lesser receivers uh, pretty good look pretty good, and uh, that it wasn't worth the the, the scratch it was going to. Uh, mm-hmm it was going to cost to keep Hill uh, and then you wouldn't be able to use some of that money to address other situations. But for anyway, for the, there's never any guarantees in the NFL. You also don't know how a player and Justin Jefferson is, seems like a great kid, very level headed, very team oriented, but you just never know how they're going to react to the going on the boat tracked uncertainty and what the team throws at them and what they offer at first and what they don't offer. And, 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 you know, you might get a Debo Samuel situation where, yeah, sure, uh, the 49ers don't have to trade Debo Samuel, but uh, a player can make it like Ben Simmons did with the, my Philadelphia 76ers. The player can make it pretty uncomfortable for the team and almost force them to trade them if they're really willing to take some uh, some, some cash hits and are strong and are, uh, are uh, strong willed enough to do so. Mm-hmm. But for a guy like Justin Jefferson, He's elite, elite, elite as he is, oh, the yes. top three wide receiver in the NFL at a premium position. I think, as Drew was saying uh, earlier this this week, wise Drew, he, he was saying at the Gallahorn site, is that you know uh, Justin Jefferson is elite. He's a guy that is worth every penny he's going to get paid. You know that's that's different than paying thirty five million to. Uh, a quarterback who is not elite or a player who is not elite. And you know who we're talking about there. Well, I want (laughs) to, I I want to hit up on Jonathan um, posted up. If we stay healthy, we make the conference championship game. Jonathan, that is the only thing that screws all the plans up in the world is if we uh, make a run for the glory. And if we, you know, make a run, Win the champ, get to the championship game. Win the championship game. Go to the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. 
I'm all for. I'll design the statues, and uh, we can we can deal with that. You know, bad consequences of how we do this after that fact, but we're not there yet. So we're back to you know our normal. This is Vikings for 62 years. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Ryan, I feel that proposes a QB learn behind Kirk. That's not a bad way to go. We'd like that one. We'd like that QB to be one who's already on the roster. His name is Kellen Mond, but we'll see if, about that. If he works out, if not, we possibly could get one in the draft. Really, possibly, possibly. That brings us to our third theme of the day. But before that, gotta give love to our sponsors. Lake Monster Brewing. Yes. Home of some of the most fantastic beers in Minnesota. Go on your search for that wonderful, you know, that rare, that one in 10,000 finds at Lake Monster Brewing. And not only do they sponsor us and have great beer, we are going live. On day two of the draft, we'll be live all three days, but day two of the draft, we're going to be live from the brewery itself on the 29th. There are all sorts of giveaways. We have UNL, I think it's URNL sweatshirts. All right, I looked at it. If you look back at uh, uh, Viking Hot Takes, both... Um, both Eric and Flip were wearing them. I've looked online. These things are excellent. They are premier. They are sweet. And they're all sold out, except for we have some that were given away. Two, to be exact. We're also giving away a free jersey. Don't know what it is yet, but we are giving away a free jersey. And Lake Monster itself is giving away free beer. What's better than free beer? Vikings football and free beer. You can't beat that with a stick on the 29th. But you've got to be at the brewery on the 29th. That's day two, rounds two and three, um, which we have picks to uh, enter yourself to win some of that stuff. And enjoy. And we'll be taking live audience questions. You know, will you come up to a microphone and ask, why did we draft Malik Willis in the first round? How did Malik <laughs> Willis fall to us? Why did we draft Daryl Stingley? Why did we draft Trent McDuffie? All those things can happen live on Tuesday night, and you can be there and make friends, have a great time, eat good food, and most certainly have some of the best beer of your life. And, like I said before, Climbing the Pocket is doing its live draft coverage for all three days. We have your favorite favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities lined up, plugged in, including Darren on Saturday. He and I will close out the draft, along with a couple other individuals. Come Saturday, as we finish everything up, wind it up, and see how well we did. 
on all three days we are live. And I want to give a hat tip to Drew and Ted, because Drew and Ted know that it was the three of us with Good Morning Galhorn that started all this live broadcast years ago as we did it first. That's right. We are the trendsetters. And now everybody like Score North, K-Fan, all the rest of them are joining in. But they're just copycats. Come to the <laughs> original ones here on Climbing the Pocket. And I'll even promote Drew and Ted with Vikings Report and their big adventure over on their channel. I hope to be hopping over during my breaks. Um, but we will be live. We both will cover the draft like you can't get anywhere else. And you're sure not going to get the blah, 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 blah of NFL Network or ESPN. <laughs> so join us first. And right, Drew, it was GMG. Good morning, Gallahorn, where you see G in the below on the right that started it all. Now on, since this is our last program prior to the draft, the draft is Thursday. We're going to talk about the draft. I have some worries about this draft. I titled the show, Is the 12th Pick Purgatory? Right? I'm not Catholic. I'm Lutheran. I don't believe in purgatory, but... I've skied purgatory in Colorado, but that's totally different. Um, <laughs> purgatory, where we're stuck, right? That all the players we want, those blue chippers we want, are gone by the time we hit 12. Right? The ones that make sense, Sauce Gardner, Daryl, Derek Stingley, um, the, the blue chippers, Hamilton, right, at safety. Even Malik Willis, for that matter, that you'd run up and slap that card down are gone by 12, right? And then we're trying to fill on positions of need, which we know we need corner. If you'd have watched Vikings report earlier, you saw Drew hold up the sheet with God. This is our quarterback room. Are we reaching at 12? My fear, my worry, my irrational worry is that we'll get to 12 and want to trade down. And then we'll get the other GMs going, ha, no. Or, ha, we're going to screw you. We don't want to lose a trade to the FNG, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. The guy that comes from an analytic background, the first GM ever to come from that background, hell no. We'll offer you, you know, a couple sevens, but nah, we ain't going anywhere else. And we're stuck at 12. That's my fear. That's my irrational fear. And then do we reach for guys, you know, to fill the need position? And reaching never works out in the long run. It never really has. So we're going to discuss it here. Is that going to happen? Or is the 12th pick 
purgatory for the Minnesota Vikings. I hear what you're saying, Dave. I don't think so. Uh, it, it, you not as, it's not as good of catbird seed as if you're at one or two or three, like you say, right. but at 12, you know, there's going to be 200 and some players chosen in this draft. You're at, you're getting the 12th pick out of the pick of the litter. You're unless any, if you're a good GM, we don't know if Quasi Dovamensa is, we sure hope he is, but you can, you're going to get a very good player at 12. You just got to pick the right guy. Right. But well, I but hope I, to be happily surprised. And uh, and there was a comment below that uh, p- players always fall, uh, start falling, and uh, so there's yes, always do. almost always good value. Maybe not necessarily at the position that you needed, uh, mm-hmm. but there's always good value at twelve, thirteen, fourteen, whatever, because players drop that you didn't didn't think were going to be there. Uh, one of the interesting parts of this is the the whole thing about uh, dropping maybe in value is that. Um, if you look at the Vikings needs like cornerback just screams at you, right? Like, uh, and all, a lot of the mocks have us taking a cornerback. Um, the Vikings did address the, that position in the free agency, but, uh, they really got some low cost mid tier signings, Shannon Sullivan, Patrick Peterson, the Harrison guy from, from Denver, uh, I don't, you know, it, it remains to be seen how big of an impact those guys are going to have, how much they're going to, how good of players they're going to be, how much they're going to improve our secondary. But even with those signings, I, there's, there's still concerns about the cornerback position for the Vikings. They still need some more quality players there, and the draft is how they're going to get them. The question is, I think, at 12, is that if your consensus number one and number two corners, Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley are gone at 12, and they probably will be. Do you, like you said, do you reach for Trent McDuffie at 12, assuming the Vikings stay there, or Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson at 12, who are considered the consensus number three or number four? Yeah, the Elam kid from Florida. Second is, tier yeah. ish. Yeah. The Elam or, kid from Florida is another, another guy that's or, there. Kair Elam, yeah. Yeah. But do you, do you pick them there at 12? And the, 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 the flip side of that is, you know, again, do you pick the, your third or fourth best corner on your board at that position when you wanted the, the first one? You pick them just because you need a corner. Or what if, I mean, we talked about it last week, and, uh, and it, what if – Guy, the the top wide receiver in the draft is sitting there at twelve for you. Premium position, like somebody like Garrett Williams, somebody like Drake London, somebody like Chris Olave, all those guys up there. If they are at twelve, do you say to heck with cornerback? We'll address that in the second or third round, mm-hmm. and try to get yourself. Is it worth it getting getting at twelve, getting the the top or second best wide receiver? in that class and one of those guys is going to be probably two of them are going to be available at 12 if the Vikings stay there. I feel pretty pretty solid about that. They might not all be particularly Wilson, but I think a couple of them are going to be. If they're there, do you pick Jamison Williams, another guy, mm-hmm. another guy could be a stud. And Phil Mackey brought this up in the tweet that you just got on the screen there about how picking a stud wide receiver 
that could turn the Vikings again from that middle of the pack offense to a top five unit. Top five, you go from a team, you go to, you turn into a team that outscores everybody, which helps your defense because they've got the ball, your offense got the ball a lot. They're scoring the, the points a lot, forcing offenses to go in, turn into pass first, pass only mode early in the game. Uh, the more I think about it, the more that really appeals to me. Uh, and again, you go again, if you've got, like we talked about the Vikings offense and the weapons they already have, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, say you're adding a Jameson Williams or a, or a Dre, you know, London or a Chris Mm -hmm. Olave to that spot, man, you could, again, you could have an unstoppable 1998 Vikings offense ready to go for you and really uh again that alleviates some of the concerns you might have at defense uh and again it we've does. got how many games do you win if you score at least 40 points you should win them all <laughs> you may lose <laughs> pretty one. close to it you may yes. lose one I, it's it's literally that if you can generate an offensive powerhouse have that that produces 35 40 Occasional 50 burger. You're going to be close to running the table. You are guaranteed to probably win your division because I don't see Green Bay doing it. I don't care that they've got Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to happen. You're going to run the table. The Vikings have their best chance if if Daryl Stingley isn't there, right? If Hamilton isn't there. And if Hamilton was there, I'd run up and uh, slap the card down and choose him because he's a unicorn, right? Um, mm-hmm. If he isn't there, I would sl- – this is where I'm getting into selecting these guys. And if you can't – especially if you can't trade back. Trading back adds a whole new level to it. But if you can't trade back because new – old GMs – are looking at Quasi and going, screw you, we're going to make sure you fail, so we're not going to give you anything good. Going this route, to me, it's Olave. I think he runs a lot of things good today. There was a report came out, I didn't read it, that said he has some flaws, but screw that. <laughs> they all do. Somebody's he, leaking those flaws. Yes. So yes. And, and, and it's, I'm sure so they can get him to drop. If you look at his route um, route tree and how it graded out for PFF and how that translates to throws, he is uh, very much, I think, ready to step in Justin Jefferson type role. He can be that good, and that increases the production. And as we talked about earlier, you if you have a three deep just like before, and then Irv Smith playing the Glover role, why can't you score 35, 40, 50 points a game? And you do that, that makes it easy on the defense because the defense then focuses on, hey, he they've got to throw to catch up. Guess what I'm doing? Woo-hoo! And you're going to get uh, – Cedarius Smith and Daniel Hunter going, meet you at the quarterback, first one by, or 
last one there buys beer. And you're going to have that for 17 games of the regular season and then into the playoffs. And is that not what we want? I would love to have that. And Dave, if it, if Mike Zimmer was still coaching the team, and I'm aware that he is not, uh, it, it, with the way the Vikings defense was last year, poor, so so poor stopping the run, so poor stopping the the pass, uh, it'd be almost it'd be a slam dunk that they'd be picking a defensive player wherever they chose. No matter what, and they'd and reach it, no matter no matter what. Yeah. And, but now we don't have that. We have an offensive-minded uh, head coach in Kevin O'Connell, and uh, I, he's go, he's looking at the team completely different. And I think that the uh, how however the Vikings go uh, with their first pick on uh, on Thursday, I think that's going to tell us if the the moves that the Vikings have done already haven't to, have told us some things but I think that's going to tell us how Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Dofamenso what kind of team they plan to have in 2022 if the Vikings go offense in the in the first round in this draft can when everybody's saying they've got to take a cornerback I think that it indicates that they're looking to be attack mode be like a 1998 Vikings offense or the, you know, the, the greatest show on turf with the, the, the St. Louis Rams, that kind mm-hmm. of quick strike score 50 outscore the team offense. I think that'll, that'll tell us quite a bit about the kind of team that they, they, they plan to have in 2022 and how they want to run things. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting night on Thursday and very interesting Friday and Saturday too, of course. But, but uh, well, you know, all Viking fans are really looking forward to seeing what happens on April uh, the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, Thursday, 28th, anyway, 29th, five days, yep, five days from now, and especially you know the, with the first round, what the Vikings are going to do, what Quasi Adolfo Mensa is going to do uh, with the draft pick that he has. Uh, and I think again, uh, the as I think about more about wide receiver and value, and 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 you you want an impact player at the fir- in the first round pick, no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But again, like what happened in 1998 with Randy Moss, we didn't need a wide receiver, but we got him, and what an impact he made on that team. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think the Vikings are going 15 and one in 1998 if they don't have if they don't have Randy Moss, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe Chris Olave is going to be, you know, if if you if you get somebody like him who can have an impact like Justin Jefferson had in 2022 or 2020, and you've also got Justin Jefferson, oh, that's pretty appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I'm saying, I guess. Well, do you think Ozzy can step up? He can. Uh, the but if we if we pick a wide receiver in the first round, that's going to Eat to potentially eat into uh, his um, touches, which he may not be happy with. But again, injuries happen too. We know Thielen's been getting nicked up as he gets older. Uh, there's really no guarantee. We don't know how many games we're going to get out of him, even though we're counting on him to be a, a main uh, contributor for all 17 in 2022. But his injury in la- history he hasn't the last made two, it through the years. last two years. Yeah, he's always been injured no. for some of those games. And we so, know that if he gets uh, a high ankle sprain, which is seems probable he's out for a month type deal yeah mm-hmm. yeah so even even if we uh get, and that's another thing about getting the wide receiver is that you've got uh 
Thielen's not long for the Vikings, I think, and you have to plan for a transition for him. And uh, you'd have, with picking some, a, a potential stud wide receiver in the first round, you've got that transition plan, I think, uh, potentially pretty well mapped out with mm-hmm. Je- Jefferson. Then you if, got o- Osborne. If you can't pay him, yes. And if not, you still have the three deep, or at least it moves to the two deep. Uh, Drew had posted he loves the Aussie graphic. Drew, when I put this up there, I figured you would like it. So it's one of the reasons I did. Uh, CY is talking about Debo with the possibility of soft tissue injuries uh, issue. I, I don't know. There's rumors that he'll come to the Vikings. I don't see it. I don't see us paying him that much. So, hey, it happens. And I think Debo, Debo was so prolific because he was used both as a running back and a wide receiver. He wants to be paid as a wide receiver. So that's a totally different story. Whoever gets him, the Jets, whomever, I expect the Debo thing to be resolved as a draft day trade. And we may see more draft day, day trades as we get uh, you know teams on the clock and we hear so-and-so's trading to such-and-such, and instead of trading down or up or so many picks, they go, we've traded Debo, San Francisco's traded Debo Samuels to whomever, you know, Houston Texans for their pick, blah, 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 blah. So we'll have fun watching that together and commenting as that goes live Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I am not uh, advocating that the Vikings take a wide receiver in the first round, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't think it's as far as fetched as I thought it was a month ago, for sure. And uh, it, it makes a lot of sense uh, when you start thinking about it, and for the reasons that we've discussed. Um, but uh, again, it's going to be an interesting evening, very mm-hmm. interesting evening. And like I said before, on day three. To close out Climbing the Pockets uh, broadcast, the whatever it is, 50-plus hours, Darren will join me, and we'll close that out, and a couple other fine individuals from Climbing the Pocket, and we'll recap everything. Because as, as of now, we don't have a seventh-round pick, if, if I remember correctly. So I could be mm-hmm. wrong. I, I have think been we drinking do. beer, and I'm old. So. <laughs> we don't have a fourth. We know that. But Which... it comes down to these two fine gentlemen. <laughs> Where did you get that photo of Quasi? <laughs> he looks, <laughs> looks kind of lit up there. <laughs> that was down at the uh, GM's. Was that at the, was that at the Wolves game? Whatever. Yeah, it was <laughs> the GM conference. Hmm. But they both do. Those like are guys, smoking doobies. Yeah, those are the guys, though. And Our how they want to take it. It's it's going to be interesting. It's a big question mark to all of us. You know, under the Zim Spielman, we knew exactly where they were going. You know, we'd be drafting a corner, even if it was a thirty-year-old corner taking. You know, way ahead of time, we'd be drafting a corner. We don't know this time, so it should be interesting. 
But and the analytics background of Quasi uh, Dovamensa, uh, I don't, I don't know. But uh, you know, if you if you have looked at football outsiders, you know that that uh, when they do their their DVOA, DVOA metrics, uh, team like the offense is is more valuable than and a good offense is more valuable than a good defense, and that mm-hmm. uh, elevates your your rankings, right? So uh, I think that uh, it's uh, it's if. Quasi Dofomensa takes some of that. You know, he may look at offense, offensive player being more valuable than a defensive player. You know, seven times out of ten, uh, depending on who it is, and that that could influence uh, who he's selecting at certain times in the draft. Well, and Thomas just asked, you know, if Williams drops to twelve, do you select him? You've definitely got to think about it. And we did talk about do we take a wide receiver at twelve, especially if you know, Stingley, and we know Sauce Gardner is going to be gone. And if Hamilton's gone, you anybody else on defense seems to be a reach at 12. So we'll find out. We'll find out. I like I like Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I'll tell you that. But mm-hmm. Well, that I would be – we, we haven't discussed the edges in a long time. But that's another possible, like I say, take Hamilton because he's a unicorn. If they went edge, obviously we don't technically need an edge because because it's Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter. But it would be nice to have one, especially knowing that the following year, contracts are going to be a stickler and whether you'd want one. So it's always good to have, and it's always good to have – and in, in this defense, edge is the key. Edge is the primary point of success or failure because the edge has to con- keep contained. They have to do their job. Without that, this defense fails. It's not the Zimmer defense where the corners were that primary focus. And the Donatel defense, it's the edges that are most important. And uh, we'll go from there. So it's going to be, we won't find out till Thursday. It's, it's a surprise for everybody. And talking with good friend of the show and founder of climbing, one of the founders of climbing the pocket, Jordan Reed, now of ESPN. Return stuff all the time. Yep. Um, He's saying this draft is going to be interesting because all the teams aren't sure how to go, this is a weird draft. It's, you know, you don't have the top quarterbacks, you know, going one, two, three, whatever. It's going to be different. And who's going to go where and pass the COVID and you've got guys that are older seniors that are coming in and all this. When it comes to age, Kwesi also goes for the young. So if you've got anybody that's, 24, 25, you for his history is if he follows always how he's been. He's going for the 22, 23-year-olds. So you can throw out the old guys. Um, he does look at analytics. That's why I think Duffy is not going to be on the list because of his, you know, short arms and the whole works. And that only works at 1% of the time. I think he's going to go with a higher percentage. Uh, 
But we don't know. We absolutely don't know until we find out end of this week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we invite you to watch us um, and bounce between everybody. Have us on your TV. Have Drew and Ted on your computer, right? Have uh, Score North. Somebody else on, on your, your device, smartphone. Whatever it is. But have all of us up there watching because I guarantee you, you'll get better coverage than you get from ESPN or NFL Network when it comes to Vikings' interests. You can take that to the bank. And like I said before, climbing the pocket is going all three days. Sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, our live event is on day two the 29th at the brewery, but we will be live all three days of this draft. Any last words there? There was uh, just some comments in the, that uh, I didn't want to let go on Mentioned, but uh, I saw Jordan Davis being brought up a couple of times. Uh, with the you know, would he would you can would we consider Jordan Davis at, at 12 because it's possible that he could be there at 12? Uh, I've never been uh, a big fan of picking a, a big bellied run stuffer, uh, even if they run a four or five and they're 360 pounds, uh, that early. But that's just me. The Vikings run defense has been very very poor the past two years and jordan davis potentially could uh yeah yeah pitiful uh jordan davis could potentially solve that uh and do it for a long time uh but uh i wouldn't be i don't know i don't know i wouldn't be jazzed about that but uh i could live with it considering the potential he has and the other thing uh somebody mentioned about um uh, hearing rumblings about the Chiefs trading with the Vikings, the Chiefs have a couple of picks very late in the first round, and whether that that would be you would consider that uh, if the deal is right, yeah, sure. I I would want the Vikings to get something else besides those ones. I'd want them to get something in later on in the draft and in the like the get back that fourth as well if we if we can, and maybe something something else sweet, uh, but. Uh, I'm all I'm all for trading back if the, the deal is right, uh, and uh, you can still get good players at late in the first round too. You see it all the time. So, well, uh, and I don't hopefully, know. hopefully, Quasi with his analytic background and his optimizing value philosophy finds those guys at all levels, I, every single round. I would love for him to do that because that didn't happen before. Before, the philosophy was quantity and hoping one hits, and he'd occasionally have hits. But I want to get, I want to nail as many as possible because they need to. And if he sets the standard, you remember 2015 was Rick Spielman's golden draft. He had three all-pro starters out of that one. You get that, that is just fantastic. And he lived off that all the way until he got fired. I'm curious if Quasi's approach, if he can generate that and then do it on a regular basis, we're golden. You know, it's, it's, we'll find out. But as of right now, it's an unknown. So 
drink your beer, have a good time, and uh, anticipate what's going to happen on Sunday or on Thursday. It's going to be exciting. Going to be exciting one way or the other, and some people are going to be uh, outraged by what Quasi oh, Dovamensa sure. does, and some people are going to love it. Um, I just always say, uh, does it make sense? Uh, and go from there you know even picks that don't work out uh and it happens if if the pick made sense at the time um you know it's it's only hindsight 2020 stuff that you know makes you kind of crap on on the move later on Mm -hmm. uh but uh but yeah interesting times been saying it here for about 10 minutes now i can't wait for thursday to get here and to see who the vikings pick uh with trade down trade up Stay at 12. It's all in play. Uh, and uh, the beginning of the Quasi Adofa era will really, I think, really kick off with the draft because, uh, I don't know, free agency is one thing, but the draft is really, I feel, where GM kind of really, uh, they, they, they earn their stripes because mm-hmm. that's where... Opportunity to shine. The, opportunity to shine, getting young, cheap talent, and uh, hopefully getting lots of it. Mm-hmm. What do we say? We say Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.